Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Strong Docs Podcast. Uh, I am one of the hosts, uh, Dr. Seth Myers, and tonight I am joined with Dr. Tommy Martin. And Dr. Tommy Martin has a uh, great lesson tonight, um, basically just going over some great uh, guidelines and basics of building your uh, diet or building a foundation for how you can structure your diet. So uh, anyway, without continuing to ramble on, Dr. Tommy Martin, tell us a little bit more about it. Yeah, for sure. So first, I'll just introduce myself a little bit. Um, as Seth said, my name is Tommy Martin. I'm one of the Strong Docs coaches and founders. I am a resident at the University of uh, Arkansas studying internal medicine combined with pediatrics. I'm a first-year resident there. And so um, as Seth was saying, what we want to talk to you guys about tonight is kind of you know, our nutritional pyramid or how to set up your diet for success. And uh, before we get into it, the reason that this is important and why we want to talk about this on our podcast is not just in terms of fitness and how to reach a physique that you're proud of or maybe compete in a competition that you want, but just for our, our overall health in general. And if we look at the world today and especially the United States today, we can see that the obesity trend has skyrocketed, especially in the, the southern states, you know, uh, Arkansas, where I currently live. Uh, down even further south, Alabama, Louisiana, a lot of these states have a very large percentage of an obese population. And what's so kind of ironic about that is in the day and age that we're in currently, um, there's like absolutely no shortage of diets out there. Every It seems like every other week there's a new diet, a new fad diet that has came out or a new fad diet pill that has come out. And yet even though we have all these new diets and pills to take, um, the obesity st- uh, trends are still skyrocketing, and um, it leads to a lot of comorbidities um, and health problems, care costs. Um, but most importantly, you know, our own health is at jeopardy um, because of mainly our eating habits. Um, so that's, I'd say that's the big problem and what we want to try to tackle and try to help people with today. Um, would you agree, Seth? Oh, totally. Um, I mean, you hit the, the nail right on the head there. So, even though we're seeing these obesity uh, rates increase over the years, it seems as if there's been more and more diets available over the last, I don't know, decade or so. As, as, I mean, you can just name a bunch, keto, Mediterranean, uh, paleo, uh, the zone, so on and so forth. And uh, and again, so there's no shortage of these ideas out there, but at the same time, we seem to have rising numbers of uh, obesity, which does actually have a huge drastic impact on overall uh, healthcare spend and cost uh, nationwide, which is no one wants to have those dollars increase, right? So if this is something that helps uh, take care of some of the cost and spending, which ultimately it will, then uh, not only are you doing yourself a good justice and service by obviously losing a little bit of weight, but you're potentially saving money on other uh uh, medical interventions in the future. For sure. And so let's just go ahead and get right down to it and kind of our layout that we do here at Strong Docs and a pyramid that we kind of go by to help our clients and our, what we believe will help people um, achieve success in terms of dieting. And dieting could be to lose weight or to gain weight. And so this is the framework of how we approach it. So we have a pyramid that we like uh, to kind of talk our uh, clients through and what I would like to talk my patients through. 
with a pyramid, the most important part of a pyramid is obviously the foundation, the groundwork of which everything else will be built. We need a very, very stable infrastructure that we can build a lot of stuff upon. And so the very bottom, the foundation of our pyramid would be adherence. And when we say adherence, what we mean is something that people could stick to, put simply, okay? And so I think the biggest problem with all of these diets out there today is that it is someone telling you what you need to eat and also telling you what you need not to eat. So it's putting a lot of restrictions on you and a lot of kind of barriers between you and possibly foods that you like. And I think the big problem here is that every single one of us have very unique taste buds. And we believe that God has gifted us with these taste buds. And so with that being said, we should be allowed to eat foods that we like. And when we are not allowed that, I think is when we kind of set ourselves up for failure. And so within this adherence kind of framework, we kind of set it up with three uh, different categories of things that we want you to write out or kind of put in your mind. And so the first thing would be a food that you literally could not live without, that you need to have every single day of your entire life. Otherwise, there's no way you could succeed on a diet. And so for my wife, that would be a piece of chocolate. She needs a piece of chocolate every single day, or there's no way she could stick to any diet. Um, so one is a food that you need every day. Two would be a food that you need every single week. And so for my wife and I, my wife and I, that is pizza every single Friday, no matter what, whether we're losing weight or gaining weight, we are eating pizza on Friday. Now, that pizza may be a little bit different. It may not have as much stuff on it if we're trying to lose weight or may have a lot more stuff on it if we're trying to gain weight, but we make sure to have that in our diet every week, okay? Now, number three would be a, a food or maybe a restaurant or a buffet or something that you need to have at least once a month. My, myself, personally, I don't really have that something, but if you do, that's what you'd write down there. So we believe that if you kind of have those three things that you make sure to include in your diet um, you know, throughout your whole lifestyle, then you would be able to adhere to that. But even on top of that, throughout the rest of your diet, still include the foods that you enjoy. Because by there's literally no way possible are you going to be able to stick to a diet eating foods that you hate. So bottom line, adhering most important. And study after study shows whether someone's on a ketogenic diet, a high fat diet, low carb diet, um, high carb diet, whatever kind of diet you want to mention, the most important factor in success in weight loss was a, was adherence. Okay. Seth, do you have anything to add on that section? <clears throat> That's the last point you made was the only thing I was going to say was the fact that um, we're not just saying this just because it sounds nice and cool and you can eat whatever you want. But uh, what the research tells us is people who lose weight and maintain weight loss tend to have done a diet that they were able to sustain over long periods of time. And, uh, and so for you specifically, if that diet ends up being a paleo style diet or a keto style diet, that's totally fine and totally perfect. Um, but you can just take the next handful of principles we're going to talk about and apply that to that specifically. So again, we're not saying any one particular diet is bad or any one particular diet is the best. Um, but we do say that if you can find one that uh, you're able to stick to, you're able to eat foods you enjoy on it, um, and you're able to do it long term then that's probably going to be something that gives you the most success. So moving right along. Yeah, so next moving up in the pyramid, uh, the next and most important thing would be calories. And so calories are king. Whoever tells you otherwise, they are completely lying. 
no matter what, um, it is about energy balance. And if you have too much of the energy balance, if you go over the top, you're going to go gain weight. If you stay below your energy balance, you're going to lose weight. No matter what diet you're on, that's how it works. And so <sighs> I'm not going to go over the whole formula to calculate your calories or how to calculate your total daily energy expenditure. I'll just simply say that if you want to find yours, a very easy way to do it is MyFitnessPal. MyFitnessPal is going to use, I believe it's the Harrison Benedict formula that it uses, and then give some energy number to multiply to your basal metabolic rate to give you how many calories a day would be your maintenance. And then if you say you want to lose weight by one pound a week, it'll subtract 500 calories. If you want to gain one pound a week, it'll add 500 calories. So that's pretty much how it works. And uh, that's pretty much what would happen if you were to calculate it, uh, calculate it on your own using some formulas. But just keep in mind that those numbers are just, they're very arbitrary numbers and that they do not pertain particularly to you. And so what that means is that you need to use that information given to you on MyFitnessPal and track it over time doing exact eating exactly how many calories it gives you for that goal and see if you gain weight or lose weight. So after two weeks, if you have lost a pound and that's what you were trying to do, then it looks like it worked out pretty good for you. But say after two weeks, if you've gained a pound, then you may need to take a couple hundred off that number and try to do that for a couple of weeks and just kind of, you know, play by ear and go down the few weeks and see what works for you because everybody's body is different. And so all of our BMRs cannot just be plugged into some random calculator and it magically works. Yeah, perfect. Um, and so just to kind of go back to one of the very first things you said with this is <clears throat> there are some diets out there that kind of claim, you know, once you get onto this diet or once you've done this diet for a while, you can kind of eat whatever and you don't have to track in calories. Um, one in particular that I can think of off the top of my head is keto, obviously. Um, and once you get into ketosis, you don't have to worry about it. Your body's just burning fat all the time. The reality is with that, the, the diet, it's Hello, folks. Welcome back. Um, we had a little technical difficulties there. We keep getting cut off on our thing, but we're going to try and uh, keep it concise here. But anyway, I'm going to try and pick up where I left off. My point was what I was saying was some of these diets um, claim that you can eat essentially whatever you want, um, keto being one of them. This is just off the top of my head. And, you know, with that being said, part of the reason why 
they make these claims and it sounds so great. And maybe even some people are able to eat really whatever. Really, they're just so exclusive in what you cut out um, that when you're so restrictive of all these carbs, it really doesn't leave much else to be able to eat, right? And so even though you're eating fats which are very high in calories, it still can make it very, very difficult to eat all of the calories you would need to, uh, to hit certain goals or to go over your total daily uh, caloric needs. Does that make sense? So um, anyway, when you when you have these huge, super uh, exclusive things that you can eat, and it's uh, you know dialed down to only these types of foods, that means there's so many other options that you're not eating that makes it hard to go over the top with uh, calories. Yeah, for sure, and you know I agree completely. And you know I we we are not bashing on keto at all. It's just that keto is very easy to talk about because it's like the biggest thing since sliced bread, um, and so that's why we keep mentioning keto. But if keto works for you and you could adhere to a keto diet, awesome, good for you, um, and that would be just fine. But the ketogenic diet works because it causes a calorie deficit. Um, a high carb diet can work because it can also have a calorie deficit. So pretty much what we're saying is that if you're trying to lose weight, calories are king, being a calorie deficit. If you are trying to gain weight, calories are king, being a caloric surplus. And that's kind of um, the bottom line. And so we have, we're going to keep going up this pyramid here. And so we talked about adherence, meaning that you have to have a diet you could adhere to or you will not have success. Next, we talked that calories are king and that you have to be in a caloric range to reach your goals. And the next thing that we're going to talk about are, are macronutrients. And, you know, as we go up this pyramid, it gets, I would say, less and less important because um, they're just not as essential. But macronutrients, I do believe, is also pretty important. And I put it pretty close to calories as well, which kind of helps. They are what make up your calories. And so with this, our approach to this is first, um, we figure out your protein goal. And so really for, you know, the average athlete or someone that is working out and trying to build muscle or retain muscle, what we usually recommend is anywhere between uh, 2 to 2.5 grams per kilogram of lean body mass of protein intake. And so for myself, if I go around the um, 2 area, that puts me around 160 grams of uh, protein a day, maybe, you know, between 160 grams up to 200 grams a day would be just fine for me. Uh, and so yeah. we, start, we start off with the protein aspect. I'm just going to, so just kind of converting that to American units. So obviously one kilo is about uh, two and a half pounds uh, or 2.2 pounds. So that number kind of equates to one gram per pound roughly right so plus or minus a little bit here and there but just so the conversion is super super simple for most people so uh the american folks out there you can just listen to this and think okay it's just you know my body weight in lean lean body mass uh that many grams of protein and i'll be set now, right again, again it isn't just gonna say again like they can fluctuate you know plus or minus a couple of numbers here and there but grand scheme of things if you're around that number you're doing really good yeah, for sure. And keep in mind, it is lean body mass. So I weigh 185 pounds right now. But again, my lean body mass is about 163 pounds. Okay, so that's for protein. After that, we go to fats. And why is because just recommended, you know, about 25% of your total daily calories should come from fats. And that's really just to uh, keep a hormonal balance and just 
you know, it is, fats are important and they are essential to your diet. And so we do not think you need a ton, um, but recommended about 25% of your daily intake come from fats. And the most important out of the macronutrients are to hit your protein goal. And then you can really do what you want with carbs and fats. You know, it's not going to hinder your goals, you know, like an absurd, in an, in an absurd way, if you have a lot of carbs or a lot of fat, as long as you keep, um, Hit your protein goal and then do what you want with the carbs and fats as long as you set your calorie goal as well. You can pretty much do what you want with those two macronutrients. For myself, I do a lot of endurance training, so I have a very, very high carbohydrate intake. So, Yeah, no, totally agree. Um, you can kind of set carbs and fats where you'd like. Um, I've listened to a handful of people that I like and know and trust to be pretty evidence-based talk about this and <clears> – <throat> If you're doing a decent amount of training, in my brain, I'm going to be kind of, uh, you know, just, uh, I guess, open about it. I think it makes much more sense to set uh, fats at a certain number, kind of lower, and then fill everything else with, with carbs. You get a really, really great, um, I guess, uh, muscle response from having carbs. There's glycogen is something that stores carbohydrates inside your actual muscle. So it makes sense to be able to take in carbs. Your body doesn't have to do a whole lot of chemical changes to create this glycogen into the muscle. Whereas if you're taking in mostly fats and not hardly any carbs, your body has to go through these different chemical processes. So again, not a bad thing, but it's just one or two or 10 extra steps to have to happen for it to get into the glycogen. Um, and then the other thing too is, you know, just generally speaking, when we talk about that adherence point, um, it's usually easier to take in carbs than it is to take in just vast amounts of fat. Um, and uh, so, so, I mean, yeah. And the other thing I want to make uh, clear about protein, or at least the macronutrients as a whole, is we've already mentioned, like, we want to set our protein first. Your body can use any of these macronutrients, which make up our calories, as energy. And that energy, obviously, is calories, right? So protein and carbs both give us four calories per gram that we take in and fats give us nine calories per gram that we take in. Um, and that being said, it's easiest for our body to use carbs and fats for energy as a whole. It's a little bit more difficult for our body to break down proteins into energy. That's why we like to set our protein. That's going to help sustain and maintain our uh, lean body mass and then set the other two because the other two can be used for energy a bit more easily in terms of chemical processes by our body, um, and we can set those kind of wherever we'd like. Again, I'm a little bit more on the carb side of things, um, but if you find something works better for you, by all means, go for it. And again, that's what's so great with the adherence part of this, you know, and being flexible with carbs and fats is because, you know, if you're so rigid and say, I have to have 30% and 40% and maybe – 40%, 30%, 30% and setting up your macros or whatever. And then if you go to a party and there's cake there, like it might be really hard to make that meet your macros, you know, but if you just say, well, I've hit my protein for the day so I can do whatever the heck I want with the carbs and fats. Let's enjoy this cake, you know? So um, it just helps with that adherence part as well. All right. Sure. So let's just keep on climbing up this pyramid. Well, so uh, just one, what, hold on one quick point. I don't know if we made it clear enough, but so setting your fat. So you set your protein at about one gram per lean body mass and then you can we generally recommend setting fat at about about 25 percent of total caloric needs yeah and then 
filling everything else that you needed for your calories for the day uh, with carbs. That's generally what we would recommend. But again, if you find a, a different ratio works better for you after you've set your protein, then uh, then go for that. So yeah, have at it. All right. So moving on. So next we move up to micronutrients. Okay. And so this is again moving as we go further and further up. It goes into less important to reach fat loss or weight gain, but micronutrients are still very important for our overall health. Okay. And so you know we can get micronutrients definitely from whole foods. You know. Um, eating a whole food based diet. But if you eat a lot of processed foods and things like that, it might be a lot harder to reach all of your micronutrients. And so where this comes into play, you could definitely have a multivitamin or something like that to help you supplement your diet to meet your macronutrients. But we're hoping that once you get to this stage, once you've found a diet you could adhere to, you have reached your calorie goals and you're hitting it consistently. You have hit your protein goal now and you're staying consistent with your other macronutrients. We are hoping by this point that you have built up, you know, enough willpower, willpower from winning all these willpower challenges going up this pyramid, that you have enough, uh, you know, confidence in yourself now, that you have started gearing your diet more towards a whole food-based approach and diet. And just because for overall health and, uh, yeah, just general health, a whole food-based diet is by far the best for Point that you are getting to that but if you're not you can still supplement with a multivitamin to help you make sure you get all those micronutrients but if you're having a whole food based diet you should be hitting your micronutrients as well although there have been some studies that have shown amongst athletes that it's still hard to hit your micronutrient goal yeah uh, the big thing I can just reiterate here is if you are hitting your caloric goal it is very difficult to be deficient in certain micronutrients. So do you need to go out and buy a multivitamin today to make sure you're hitting your micronutrients? No. And then let's just be clear. I don't know if we really describe what a micronutrient is. Micronutrients are your vitamins and minerals, uh, basically things that don't equate to the caloric intake, um, but you still see on the back of that label. So the smaller uh, things that, uh, that still we want to make sure we're getting enough of. But those are going to be inside of those foods that we eat that make up our caloric slash macro goals for the day. And so if we're hitting our goals, we should be okay. The, the big, big things that are going to lead to a deficiency in micronutrients are if you're in a huge caloric deficit or if you're eating a very restrictive diet such as something that doesn't give you any uh, like the, I can think of the carnivore diet, right, where we're eating mostly meats. We're not eating any vegetables at all. Um, that's going to be very restrictive in certain micronutrients. Um, if you're eating a vegan diet, right, kind of the opposite end of that, we might be deficient in other certain micronutrients. Um, or um, like Tommy mentioned, if we're super, super, super uh, active and we're just burning through a bunch of the micronutrients as we already have, Plus, on top of that, if we have a diet that isn't super awesome, or I guess the other example I could think of is if we have a diet that is um, maybe mostly like processed foods, like you're eating a lot of like dinner, you know, frozen meals, things of that nature, we might see a skew in what our micro micronutrient breakdown looks like. So it's very tough to be deficient in these things. If you're hitting your previous things that we've talked about, you're probably doing just all right. 
Yeah, for sure. All right, and so we can move to kind of the very, if you had drawn out this pyramid, now we are reaching to the peak, the peak of the world. And with this peak, you could literally not even write it down, and it would not matter. So this peak is kind of just for funds, fungies. And so what I do with the peak of this pyramid is draw it in half, cut it in two. And on one side of it, um, we have random diets such as uh, carb cycling, the ketogenic diet, paleo, Mediterranean, DASH diet, literally any diet you want to name there or any kind of fun scheme you want to do with your diet, you can put it on one half of that peak. And then the other half of the peak, we have supplements. And so why these two at the very top is because, remember, we are going from most important to least important. So with this peak, you literally throw it off the top and it would not matter. You could still stand very firm without the peak of it there, right? And so with that being said, um, I do uh, utilize some of the, I utilize both of these things. So for supplements, I use a very small amount of supplements. I take creatine daily. I take a pre-workout daily and I take whey protein on occasion. If I use it, it's for convenience or if I need to help hitting my protein goal for that day, which sometimes I do. And so a, a supplement within the supplement that I take daily would be caffeine. I think every athlete should be taking caffeine just because of the science and research behind it. Um, and same with that creatine. So they're like my staple supplements I take. Um, Seth, what, what kind of supplements would you kind of throw into that category? Sure. Um, I agree. Um, and then, so I just want to make, uh, one statement really clear. So whey protein or protein in general, a protein powder isn't doing anything magical. It's not doing anything groundbreaking or unique to, you know, mystically build up muscle in your body. It really is just giving you a quick, easy, accessible, convenient way of getting in your total protein for the day. So if you're somebody who typically eats a decent amount of meat or a decent amount of protein, you might not even need to supplement with uh, a protein powder. Um, and on the flip side of that, if you're somebody who um, it's very tough for you to get in a lot of meat, you're vegetarian, um, whatever, something like a protein powder can be a super convenient, easy way to be able to hit your target goals and then um kind of in between that you know like some you know bros in general uh go crazy go crazy for their protein powder they might actually be over consuming on the total amount of protein so they could be saving dollars they could be saving you know indigestion type sensations from just consuming so much of that um so you know i think as i've kind of gone through the years of lifting and uh, dieting and so on and so forth. I think I've realized like I don't need to consume two scoops of protein powder with milk, you know, two to three times a day to be able to hit my protein goals. It's like, you know, if I just do it like once or twice, I'm set, you know what I mean? So, so anyway, I just want to be that super clear that protein itself does not, or protein powder is not like super magical. It's just an easy way to get your protein goals for the day. Outside of that, I do totally agree Creatine, there's been tons and tons and tons of research that says we can use it. Um, creatine monohydrate is a great, great um, uh, supplement, so you don't need to go something super crazy like free alkaline or anything like that. And uh, it's super cheap, and you don't need to cycle off of it. Um, so basically, you can just get on it and not ever have to worry about getting off of it. And then caffeine, I, I mean, you're talking hundreds of thousands 
or sorry, grams a day that I'm probably consuming. So for sure, it's something that's in my repertoire. And then, uh, you know, your beta alanine is something in there as well. So those are some of the things that I consume daily. Outside of that, not so much. So, yeah. Yep, and I, I couldn't agree more. And then uh, I mentioned a pre-workout. And so if you are, you know, into this whole pre-workout, there is a lot of pre-workout supplements out there that I would say that are not probably too beneficial, that they're just filled with stimulants to make you feel high and make you feel like, you know, really good. And so with your pre-workout supplements, I would just recommend find one that has about – 250 to 300 milligrams of caffeine around that area um, it has about six grams of uh, L-citrulline. Um, so L-citrulline is another supplement I do recommend. And that's just because in your body, in your kidneys, it uh, converts into arginine, which then can be converted into nitric oxide, which will help you feel pumped in the gym. And it's also been shown to help increase uh, your power, um, like say, for bench pressing, it was shown that if you could only bench press eight reps um, without it, then subjects that were subjected to having it afterwards were able to bench like, say, 10 reps. So it increased the amount of work that people could do over time as well. Um, and then beta alanine will also be in that pre-workout. So enough about supplements. Um, we do recommend some, not a lot. Definitely not what the whole supplement industry would want us to probably recommend. Um, so then... We can go on the other side of the top of the uh, peak of the pyramid, and this is just things to change with the diet. And literally, the only reason I do this is to make dieting not so monotonous. So sometimes I'll carb cycle just for funsies. Sometimes I might do a ketogenic diet um, for funsies or to change up the way I'm eating. But when I do all of these things, the thing I make sure of is to – have my calories set in stone, not changing, helping me to reach my goals. Sure. And then one that I can think of that I typically do a lot, and I know Matthew does it, is some intermittent fasting. Oh, exactly, yeah. When you are in a decent caloric deficit, or for me particularly, I kind of do an intermittent fasting style just because um, I'm not really that hungry first thing in the morning. And so, like, even – I'll wake up, I'll, and last week I wake up, do my workout, I'll have a protein shake, and for the rest of the morning, I'm like not that hungry. And what that does is a few things. Number one, if I don't really have a whole lot of food before like noon, then when I do have my lunch or my dinner, I can have a little bit bigger of that thing. So intermittent fasting as a whole, you know, not a whole lot of research that tells us a smaller window of a fast really does anything magical other than it gives us a bigger window at the end of the day to consume more calories so that we can have our total calories uh, get hit really, really easily. Um, one other quick little thing that I thought about while we were talking that could be kind of a little bit maybe even below what we're talking about now on the pyramid would be uh, food timing or uh, nutrient timing. And so that's, again, not something that's super, super important, but something to be mentioned. Some people ask, you know, should I eat, you know, one time a day to seven times a day? What, what is best for that? Um, and the research is kind of mixed. Um, again, if you're hitting your calories, if you're hitting your macros, the nutrient timing isn't as important. But if you are hitting your calories and then you are hitting your macros, if you can do three to five meals a day, you're doing probably the best thing that you're going to be able to do. So if you are able to hit three consistent meals, 
that's awesome. For whatever reason, you're able to hit five meals, you know, three meals and then a couple of snacks to kind of spread it out a little bit more. That might even be more beneficial for you. But uh, at the end of the day, if we're hitting our calories, we're hitting our macros, um, things of that nature, you are setting yourself up for success. Yeah, very good. I think that I think that covers pretty much everything. Uh, so I could just give a quick recap of this pyramid if someone just tuned in at the very end, what they need to know about our pyramid of success to dieting. So that would be the foundation of it um, should be about adherence, eat the food that you like. Um, and make sure that you find a diet that you can include those in to make sure that you can adhere to this diet. Next would be set your calories to reach your goals, either in a surplus if you want to gain weight or in a deficit if you want to lose weight. Next would be to make sure that you have your macronutrients down, one gram of protein per pound of lean body mass. And then next, 25% of your total calories should come from fats. And then the next, um, all the rest of it could be from carbs. But remember, carbs and fats can be manipulated to um, whatever measure you need to help you succeed as long as you stay in your calories. Um, next would be micronutrients. Um, for the most general population, they should be obtaining those. And if not, you could buy a multivitamin, but you do not have to. And the very top of the pyramid that you could probably do without are supplements and um, just funsies for your diet to kind of help you um, succeed and not get too bored about it. And that is our pyramid of success for dieting and nutrition. Perfect. Yeah. If anybody has any questions about this, you can always reach out to us on Instagram or Facebook. Um, if you're not already following us on Instagram or Facebook, please do so. Um, and if you're interested in any of our training programs, uh, you can find us at strongdocs.org. And uh, we've got our templates up there, uh, as well as I think some one-on-one -on -one coaching is still up there. And uh, again, feel free to follow us and reach out to us. And uh, hopefully we'll see you in our client group.